0: We're going to remember the Alamo for all the right reasons. The Oklahoma Sooners come out on top 47 to 32 over the Oregon Ducks. We're going to talk about it here on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. boomer sooner. Hey there. Welcome to locked on Sooners. My name is John Williams coming to you after a big Oklahoma Sooners win over the Oregon Ducks, 47 to 32 in the Alamo bowl. Today's episode of locked on Sooners is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Thank you for joining me my name is John Williams. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast, and on YouTube. Search Locked On Sooners. What a win for the Oklahoma Sooners! Jumped out to a big 30-3 lead at halftime and were able to, for the most part, to cruise to victory in the second half. The Oregon Ducks made it interesting with a little bit of help from with some from some questionable coverage choices by the Oklahoma defense and made the game a little bit more interesting with uh, about five minutes left to play or so, but it was a complete domination. uh, After about, you know, after the first quarter, really, it was a 24-point second quarter that put the Oklahoma Sooners out in front for good. And just a great game all the way around. I mean, yes, the, the final score shows that they gave up 32 points, but I think that was a lot of, there were a lot of mental lapses in coverage, there were a lot of situations where maybe the route combinations. Now, this is just from the broadcast view the route combinations put the, the safeties in a difficult position and, and really stressed their decision making on whether or not to cover the seam route or cover the, the fly route on the outside. Where it looked like a lot of times Woody Washington, DJ Graham were expecting help uh, on the outside in, in their prevent cover two defense but they just didn't get it. And so I think, again, this is from the broadcast view. You look at it, and it's hard to know exactly what was going on there. But all in all, man, what a great game for the Sooners. And it starts with Kennedy Brooks. Kennedy Brooks played the Kennedy Brooks game. It was a 100% perfect effort from him. He rushed for more than 10 yards per carry on 142 yards on 14 carries, three touchdowns, uh, added 20-plus yards receiving as well just he did what Kennedy Brooks does. He got to the second level several times, had a big 40 yard run, both of his touchdown or two of his touchdown runs came from more than 16 yards uh, on the ground. And I'm going to miss you, Kennedy. I know that you still have eligibility and it's, there's potential that you'll, you could come back one more year, but you're gone. You're gone to the NFL and my heart breaks. I'm, I'm, I'm sad to watch you go, but I'll be excited to watch you at the next level on Sundays doing what you do. And it was really fun to watch a national broadcast crew, a crew that hasn't watched Kennedy Brooks all year long or Kennedy Brooks much in his career, enjoy watching Kennedy Brooks run the football because that's what we've enjoyed for so long is just the patience, the vision, the surprising kind of speed and explosiveness added to Kennedy Brooks, the ability to make people miss and get to the second level and just churn off 10 yard, 15 yard runs, seemingly every single play. Now, obviously it wasn't every single play. The Oregon ducks made things a little bit more difficult for him uh, on, on some occasions, but all in all, man, it was a great way to go out on top. If you're Kennedy Brooks earned the player of the game from the broadcast crew, if he does go to the NFL, that's just the the right way to close out his his career for the Oklahoma Sooners. One of the most underrated backs in college football over the last, I don't know, four or five years. And one of the great Oklahoma Sooners running backs of all time. Now he may not ever be seen in the same light as a Billy Sims or an Adrian Peterson or a Samaj P. Ryan or Joe Mixon, but the production and the, consistency that he played with in his time with the Oklahoma Sooners was absolutely remarkable and tip of the cap to you Kennedy Brooks for such a great game. It was big second quarter from him that, that helped kind of spur that 24 point second quarter Uh, after his first touchdown, you know, two drives later, he has the 40 yard run and that helps to set up Caleb Williams first touchdown pass of the day to Drake stoops. And if that wasn't a moment that all of Sooner fans just stood up and like just clapped, whether it was at the stadium or in your homes or in your hearts or in your minds, like you were pumped to see Drake Stoops catch the ball in that moment with his dad standing on the sideline to greet him as he comes off just a a cool, cool moment. And one of the underrated things about sports is the moments that it creates like that. It's rare to get the father son moment like that. Usually it's the, you know the, the the parents and the kid after the game, you know, celebrating a big performance like we saw with the the Kansas fullback uh, when they beat Texas earlier in the year. So just just a lot of really cool moments there. Caleb Williams, I thought, played one of his best games as an Oklahoma Sooner. It may not have had the yardage totals that he had against TCU or and Texas Tech, but still, he was very efficient, twenty-one to twenty-seven for two hundred forty yards, three touchdowns you, I, I I really liked his decision-making in this game. You know, when things were available downfield to take a shot, he took a shot. When things weren't, he worked quickly through his progressions and he got the ball out of his hands and he got it to receivers underneath. And we can't say enough about what the game that Kale Gundy called. I mean, I'm just kind of going like off the top of my head through observations, but what a great game by Kale Gundy. They had a great game plan. They wanted to run the ball, establish the run, make Oregon work to slow down Kennedy Brooks. And then they wanted to get uh, Caleb Williams involved with play action, which they did. You saw on a big fourth down uh, conversion late in the game where they use play action to spring uh, Jeremiah hall open on the right side of the field to pick up an easy first down. They use play action on the big Marvin Mims touchdown reception. Caleb Williams works really, really well out of play action. The other aspect of this that I I found really, really interesting is that the thing that we've kind of been calling for for months now is getting Eric Gray more involved. Eric Gray got the first series of the game, and they kept him involved throughout the game. Uh, Ultimately, he ended up with, uh, I think it was like eight carries. uh, Yeah, eight carries for 82 yards. Uh, He did have one big run that helps uh, for 48 yards that kind of helps inflate that. But even if you take that away, that's seven carries for – 34 yards which is still a pretty efficient day on the ground Um, and then you look at what he did receiving as well he had five catches for 25 yards and a touchdown so he had uh, over 100 total yards at the same time that kennedy brooks had 142 rushing yards and then you got marcus major coming out of nowhere with 10 carries for 54 yards rushing and that's what we've been kind of calling for from the oklahoma sooners We know Kennedy Brooks was the starter. He was the guy. But we also knew that in their back pocket, they had this guy named Eric Gray who stood out in the spring game. He stood out early in the season, but seemingly wasn't getting getting the same opportunities. Not seemingly, he wasn't getting the same opportunities. And for whatever reason, we'll we'll never know. But it was just a travesty that he he kind of got kept on the sideline and used a lot in pass protection, but not used – as a rusher or used as a pass catcher very often. Now he did, he'd he'd get, you know, five, six touches a game over the final eight games of the season. I think he averaged something like three, three and change touches a game over the final eight games of the season. How? Like, how is that even possible? In games when your offense was struggling at times against Baylor, against Iowa State, in the second half against Oklahoma State, sometimes you need a spark. And Eric Gray is that guy that can give you that spark. And we saw it tonight, that even though he didn't get the same amount of carries as Kennedy Brooks, he got near the same amount of touches, and, and he produced with those touches. So going to next year, Kale Gundy just gave Jeff Levy a little bit of the recipe of how to get Eric Gray involved and utilize him so that your offense can be more explosive. We're going to continue to talk about this big win for the Oklahoma Sooners after I talk to you about sweep. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you want to run your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software to see the full picture. You need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. Ninety-three percent of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over twenty sorry, over twenty-eight thousand businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com/locked. So head to netsuite.com/locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses that's netsuite.com slash locked more observations on this game it's it's one of those just still got me spinning a little bit you know i, I had i wrote a few pieces already for the sooner's wire but uh just recaps and i, I want to talk first let's talk about the marvin mims touchdown um you know it's evident that teams were trying to take away the deep ball from the Oklahoma Sooners. Whether it was Spencer Rattler that was playing quarterback or Caleb Williams that was playing quarterback, they did not want their receivers getting behind uh, the the defense. They did not want Marvin Mims, Michael Michael Woods, Mario Williams getting behind their their defensive backs. They made a concerted effort to play a shell coverage, cover four, cover two, two deep safeties, and man, they did not want Oklahoma beating them deep. And at times. That played right into uh, they played it perfectly. The Baylor game, the Iowa State game, that those defenses came up with really good game plans. Part of the Kansas game, uh, West Virginia, you look at, and I mean, there were defenses that executed that very, very well. I think the problem that happened in the season is that they weren't patient enough. They didn't run the ball effectively enough, or or just run it enough they didn't use the underneath passing game either very much. Like tonight we saw more bubble screens. We saw more drag routes. We saw more of the play action uh, with the, with the slip uh, to the tight end to the flat. We saw a little bit more of that than I feel like we saw in much of the last, I don't know, few weeks of the season, there was a little bit more just like creative diversity, I guess. Um, not relying on the deep ball when the deep ball is not there, when it's covered You need to be able to pull back and say, "All right, I'm going to take my five yard check down here. I'm going to get this. I'm going to hit this slant here. Running some RPOs to help soften the defense up a little bit, help to make them cheat up a little bit. Obviously, running the ball for more than 300 yards, which the Oklahoma Sooners did, that's going to force the defense to commit more defenders to the box, that area just right around the line of scrimmage. And so, this was a perfectly executed game plan because, as the Oklahoma Sooners did run the football as they did hit some of those underneath passing routes. It helped Oklahoma open up things at the intermediate and the deeper levels of the field to where you got that Marvin Mims touchdown because he was able to get behind the defense because they were so concerned about the running game. They were so concerned about the RPO and the underneath passing game that they were, that they bought on the, or they bit on the, on the play fake. Marvin Mims gets behind him. Caleb Williams throws a really, really good ball that, Marvin Mims makes an even better adjustment to where, you know, he's going and they've mentioned this on the broadcast where you know he's going in a straight line. And he kind of veers. What he also does is kind of slow down a touch to let that ball just get to him. He doesn't try to like go back for the ball, like fade away to get the ball. He slows down times his speed perfectly times the catch perfectly comes up with the biggest, one of the biggest plays of the game. And that, that one made it 23 to three and, at that point you're like this game is pretty much over it wasn't over over but it was it was pretty much that that's what it felt like at halftime and it's hard to imagine i can't remember the last time i felt like that watching a game it's been a while but they they closed out that first half incredibly well you know they they were able to hold oregon um in their to and their attempt to get a score with uh, about two minutes to play, and then Oklahoma gets the ball back and then drives right down the field and extends the lead from twenty three to three to thirty to three, going into halftime. And I think that was a really huge, huge moment for Oklahoma to be able to not just like sit on the ball and kill the clock and not allow Oregon to score before half, but that was that killer instinct. A lot of times that we've missed, I feel like under Lincoln Riley a little bit was. Oklahoma at times has been up big on opponents during the Lincoln Riley tenure. And on more than one occasion, we've, we've chronicled it several times, whether it was Iowa state, Kansas state from 2020, whether it's, or Georgia from 2017, the, the peach bowl um, or sorry, the Rose bowl. Um, You know, there so many, there's so many instances of the Texas game from 2020 so many instances of this team being up big in the third and fourth quarter of games and letting teams back in. What happened tonight, yes, Oregon kind of got back into it, but it was still a two-touchdown win for the Sooners. I think what happened tonight was more just mental lapses, by the defense that allowed Oregon to keep scoring. But I felt like the offense still kind of played with that killer instinct and the, and to give the defense credit, they came up with the biggest stop at the biggest time of the, of the game. You know, Oklahoma had just punted the ball um, and it got downed inside Oregon's five, I believe. And they weren't able to do anything with it. They weren't able to get it even out of the, the shadow of their own end zone. And a huge credit to the defensive front who was just swarming. Um, and I, and I think the defense deserves a ton of credit for what they did because they were down Brian Asamo at linebacker, Nick Bonito, uh, Isaiah Thomas, Perion Winfrey. Um, and then you, you saw Deshaun White get hurt early in the game. You saw Keyshawn Lawrence get hurt at one point. And so they're, they're having to use a lot more guys that didn't play a lot of snaps uh, during the 2021 season but they came up with huge plays at huge times like Oregon was moving the ball pretty decently in the first half they were getting into Oklahoma territory but they were never able to capitalize on it they got the Justin Burrows interception on Oregon's first drive of the game they got a big stop uh, inside the 10-yard line when Oregon had it first and goal I think at like the five or the six and a penalty and a sack pushed Oregon back and they weren't able to get you know, much further than like the six yard line and have to settle for a field goal. And in a game like this, field goals were going to get you beat. And the Oklahoma defense just came up with, with play after play, stop after stop, when it seemed like Oregon was getting a lot of momentum in that or getting some momentum in that first half. And even in the second half, you know, they were scoring touchdowns and, and trying to pull this game within, you know, within striking distance and the Oklahoma defense just would shut it they did, they just shut it down at the end. They said, "No, you're done. You're not we're done with this. We're not playing around anymore. We've been playing with our food the second half. We're done. We're ready to ready to devour it and finish this game and go home as Alamo Bowl champs and you can't say enough about the the effort that was put in by the younger guys who hadn't like I said, they hadn't played a lot. You know, you look at guys like Danny Stutzman, Isaiah Coe, Josh Ellison, uh, Jordan Kelly uh, Marcus Stripling uh, didn't didn't play a ton either, uh, and these Ethan Downs, these guys got a lot of opportunities. Billy Bowman, another guy who came up with a big play uh, on a pass defense at one point in time. These guys who hadn't played a ton uh, over the last couple months of the season or much at all during the regular season were called on to play a lot, and they all I feel like they all came up big. Marcus Stripling had several several pressures. And at least a half a sack, if not a full sack, Ethan Downs was involved on a sack Leron Stokes was involved on, on a sack. Uh, they just made life so difficult for Anthony Brown that I, I felt like even when he did have time, he never really felt comfortable in the pocket because the pass rush was getting home. And even if they weren't getting home for the sack, they were putting pressure on him. They were hitting him uh, during his release and made, made me feel a lot more optimistic about what's coming for the Oklahoma Sooners' defense in spite of the losses that they've got uh, going to the NFL. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't a perfect defensive performance, but you, you had to kind of picture that with such a huge lead, there was going to be an semblance of prevent defense where you're just trying not to give up big plays, and at the same time, they kept giving up plays. If I have one complaint from this game, it's just that that when you have such a big lead like the Oklahoma Sooners did, it's inexcusable for a defensive back or a coverage to allow wide receivers behind you. It looked like at several times that, like I said earlier in the show, that DJ Graham, Woody Washington were expecting some help from the safeties. And it could have been the the route combinations that Oregon was throwing at them that, that held the safeties in. Could they have been running some seam routes? It's possible. To to just put stress on the safeties to make a decision. And that's when the cornerbacks kind of got left out to dry. But again, why are you in cover two? Why are you playing your cornerback under, you know, underneath technique? Why are you not letting him run with the guy? You know, play cover four. Like if you're gonna you want all four of your guys playing deep, and then you have your linebackers underneath and your slot guy underneath to where they can cover that intermediate part of the field. Because there's no excuse. In a game like that, for letting receivers get behind you. Now, you don't want to go complete prevent, but you have to understand that the only way that Oregon can get back into that game is quick, big plays, quick strikes, and touchdowns. And Oklahoma allowed all of that. But coming up next, let's talk about my three stars of the game. I will share a few more final thoughts on Bob Stoops, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, but first, I'm going to talk to you about Bet Online. BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new and amazing offers available. Bet Online where the game starts. And yeah, going to talk three stars of the game, but also want to mention like, Hey, if you listened to yesterday's show with Bryant and Josh, my guys from the suitors wire, if you listen to that show at all, we talked about the the line, you know, I think we, we all took Oklahoma to win by, uh, by minus by six and a half, at least, because that was the line minus, minus six and a half, Oklahoma was favored. But then uh, Josh and I, we took the over, and we believed that the Oklahoma offense was going to come to play because it was the most complete unit, the the one that had the most continuity and and the most players that played together this year, and they were going to thrive, and they did. I mean, forty seven points, um, and then all it needed, all you needed, was Oklahoma or Oregon to to come through with a few points as well, and so uh, big game. By that, you know, we'll, uh, we'll we'll talk more betting and and lines maybe for next football season, but um, yeah, I think Oregon or Oklahoma, you know, hit hitting on both of those, it, you know, it makes, it makes me look good. It makes me feel good about that. So uh, if you definitely, if you used our partner bet online at all for any of that, I hope you, hope you cashed in on, on some of those, uh, but three stars of the game. And we're going to do this kind of like they do in hockey uh, reverse order. Um, and the, the third, the number three star for me uh, is going to be a tie. Now That's kind of lame, I know. I'm sorry. But I'm going to give it to two guys uh, that were incredibly important to this game. And it, it would be I'd be remiss if I left one of them off. So uh, the first one's going to be Eric Gray. I'd been calling for him to get touches in this game, in particular, as they head into the 2022 offseason, getting ready to live life without Kennedy Brooks. I was really wanting him to get a healthy number of touches. And he got that. Uh, he got more than 10. He got 13 touches on the game, more than 100 yard total yards. That's what you were hoping for. That's what you're looking for from a guy like that. Had a big run uh, late in the game uh, and just was an efficient runner. And he, and he ran hard. I feel like he helped the running game set the tone, that it wasn't just Kennedy Brooks that was out there making things happen, making people miss. But Eric Gray, he ran hard. He ran tough in this game. And so he's co-third star. The other one, Marvin Mims. It was great to see him make a big play. Now, he didn't have the most receiving yards on the team. That was Jaleel Farouk, and shout out Jaleel Farouk. Where have you been all our lives? Like, coming into this game, he had one catch for five yards. He had three catches for 64 yards in this one and several big plays after the catch. This is a guy that needed to, needed to be playing more. Now, they had him playing a little bit at times, but he definitely needed some some opportunities, and that's going to be a really fun guy to watch going into 2022 because with him and Marvin Mims and Mario Williams, you have a really, really nice uh, fast athletic trio of receivers that could end up being your starting trio going into next year. Now it's possible you still have some other guys that that could contend for a starting spot, but uh, you know, if I'm looking at it as it is right now, those are the three that I'm kind of like putting up there as my, like these are, if everything goes right and they earn it, this is what I'm hoping for to be my my top three wide receivers because I think a guy like Jaleel Farouk could play in the slot like Marvin Mims did this year. I think you can move Marvin Mims back outside. You can put Mario Williams on the outside on the other side and use Jaleel Farouk on the inside uh, in the slot. I mean, really all three of those guys could play the slot. So that gives you a lot of options if you're willing to rotate those guys around. All right, number two star, Caleb Williams. Come on down, sir. You are the number two star on Locked On Sooners. Uh, you're the star of our hearts, man. We hope that you're going to stick around. We hope that you're planning on playing for the Oklahoma Sooners uh, for the next several years, but you had a great, Caleb Williams had a great game today. I thought that this was his best game just from a patience and decision-making standpoint. He knew that he didn't have to make a big play every single time that he could just drive the field. And I felt like this was like one of his more efficient games where he didn't necessarily have all the big plays like he did against Texas tech didn't have the huge passing yards, but just kind of from a total totality aspect. uh, He was just really, really good. He let the game come to him a little bit more as opposed to trying to force things. Um, So shout out to Caleb Williams for, for playing a really, really good game. Gives us a lot of, again, like a lot of these guys gives us a lot of optimism for 2022 as well. And then the number one star, the guy that we started the show talking about and that's Kennedy Brooks, more than 140 yards, averaged more than 10 yards per carry, three touchdowns. What more can you say about the guy? I think he continues to prove that he's going to be a, a diamond in the rough of the 2022 NFL draft. Whichever team decides to pick him within the first three or four rounds of the draft, they're going to love the returns that they get because the things that he is great at, the things that he is elite at are things that transfer to the NFL Good vision, good agility, good elusiveness, the ability to read defenses and read blocks and pick up run or pick up yards at the second level. Uh, you know, He may not be the athletic freak that some of these other guys that are going to be uh, playing running back in the NFL are, but he's got all the right tools to be a really good running back in the NFL. And man, what a great game. I hope y'all enjoyed that game. It's the last football game we get for the Oklahoma Seniors for 9 months. Sad times here on Locked On Seniors cuz we love our football, but we're going to have a lot of great stuff to talk about as we, you know, get into the winter ball, winter basketball, and spring with softball. So make sure you stick around here on Locked On Sooners. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Thank you for subscribing to the show on YouTube. We're free and available on every podcast platform as well. So make sure you check it out wherever you download your podcast. And until tomorrow, well, we'll continue to break down this game and offer some more thoughts as we digest it and are able to process it a little bit more. I'll talk to you more about that on the next episode of Locked On Sooners. But until tomorrow, I'm John Williams. Boomer! sooner.